The Detroit Tigers drop two of three to the Kansas City Royals at home. Not a very good weekend of baseball. A lot of same stuff, different day when it comes to the offense. We're going to break down the offense anyway. We're going to break down the pitching performances. And then there were some roster moves. We're going to see some kids play for the remainder of September, it looks like. So we're going to talk about that all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers. Your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, September 5th, 2022. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Okay, the Detroit Tigers dropped two of three this weekend uh, at the hands of the Kansas City Royals. Two of the games pretty close. One of them, an absolute horrific baseball game um i don't think we're gonna do usually i i do first segment friday's game second segment saturday's game third segment sunday's game or like something ish close to that i don't think i'm gonna do that really for this one i think we're gonna do offense as a whole over the weekend then pitching performances over the weekend and then roster moves slash what to expect in september on on segment three just because I, these games weren't different enough to, I, I don't think, break down individually. Like, I, the, especially offensively. Like, well, obviously, the pitching performances, we're going to talk about those well, individuals and, and what they did when they took the mound. That one will obviously be based on each performance they had. But the offense was just the offense. It was just what we've become accustomed to. What did they score? Five on Friday and then two on Saturday and two on Sunday? Like, what? what's the point in going through and, and breaking down each game individually at this point? We, we know where this team is at. We know where this offense is at. So let's talk about some of the positives. Let's talk about some of the positives offensively. Riley Green. Uh, what is that? A, after Sunday, a 12 game hit streak, 13 game hit streak. Now, uh, he, he's been, he's been really good. He's looked really, really good at the plate. There's a couple of things that really stand out to me during this hit streak. Uh, well, I guess a few, one is there's some power and still not as much as, as we know he's capable of, or that people that saw him in the minors know that he's capable of like he, this dude has you know, legitimate pop and, and can put up like high 800, low 900 OPS type of stuff over the length of a full season. We, we know he has that in him and it, it, it'll come a little bit more as time goes on and as he keeps progressing. But over this hit streak, the slugging percentage has been way higher during this streak than it was for the remainder of his major league tenure so far and obviously you know it's whatever 12 13 games it's not uh as big of a sample size but it's nice that over the last pretty much two weeks we've seen a lot more power a lot more doubles power at a minimum um home run or home run sprinkled in there when was his last homer was it the otani one so like you know there's there's some stuff 
coming around and, and he's getting good contact on the ball. At least the other big thing that stands out to me with him is since the hit streak started, his walk rate has also gone up, which I have been trying to convince people is a direct correlation for years. And I'm not like this lone soldier on that battle. Like there's a lot of people that are, that are much smarter than I am uh, that, that agree with that sentiment, but it's just patience at the plate is almost always a direct correlation to to your pure hitting numbers as well. Like that is that is a a foundational piece of being a good hitter is knowing what's a ball and a strike and taking walks when they're given to you. And so and again, this is a dude that in the minors had pretty solid walk rates. He always struck out a decent amount, but pretty solid walk rates and then went like 50 plate appearances or something ridiculous without drawing a walk or, or almost, I think it was in the, in the high forties. Like here's one on a huge streak where, where he just didn't draw a walk for like weeks. And we were like, Oh my goodness, what is happening? Uh, and then the hit streak started and, and he, he magically, I know it's crazy, but at the same time that the hit streak started around then is when he started taking a lot more walks and finally broke that streak and, and started being a lot more patient at the plate. So uh, his OPS right around 700, uh, the on base percentage is, is in the three, like teens, three fifteen range. Um, it's just, it's, it's really nice to see him start coming around and it's really, uh, honestly, a, a pleasure to watch him bat. And I am, I know that he might not be everybody's opinion of like the best leadoff hitter and that's fine. But the fact of the matter is. I want him to get as many at-bats as possible, and that results in him betting leadoff for the time being. Also, I, he, he has, what, your second highest, highest or second highest OPS on the team? It's either him or Harold, depending on which day you ask. And that's, I don't know, I, I would like to give my best hitters the most at-bats possible. So again, I'm totally fine with him being at the top of the lineup for the time being. Slugging percentage back into the 380s. Again, we're, we're trying to get – if he can end the season with a slugging percentage over 400 and average around 250, which is at – which it's at like 255-ish right now. On base percentage, well over – you know, in that 315 to 320 range and a slugging percentage over 400, uh, I would – or around 400 even. I would be absolutely thrilled. So that's kind of what I'm hoping for by the end of this month. Besides that, I mean, the only other thing I really want to talk about is offensively is, I mean, like Torque's back and he had a couple of fastballs down the heart of the plate that he didn't get around on, but he also had a couple of fastballs down the heart of the plate that he drove. Uh, nothing out of the park, obviously, but some, some solid, some, some solid contact. And, and I know, I, I know. I know. I'm like, oh, I'm. He was drafted one one. It should be doing more than just solid contact outs, and you know that doesn't impress me. I totally understand. I don't. I don't. I don't need to hear it. I've heard it a lot. I, I agree with you. So we're, we're we're on the same page. I agree, but we're just trying to look for anything positive, and that's at least something. Um, and then yeah, besides that, it's just Ryan Kreidler. That's it. I think uh, Kreidler. I thought had a really really solid weekend, and. Look, this is 
a kid who had a phenomenal season last year in the minors and then this year broke his hand and hasn't really gotten back to the level that he was at last season at least in the minor leagues and and but I'm, I'm all for giving him a chance he can play second short and third um and i i was really impressed i was really impressed i thought that he took really professional at bats really gritty at bats like he's not a dude that is ever going to have whatever like a like an 880 or a 900 ops at the major league level but I think that there's there there might be a spot for him. He he looks really sound defensively, which I I don't need to take any time and really we kind of broke down the defense as a team at the end of last week. So you know where I stand on on this team's defense. So anybody who's decent with the glove, I'm gonna be happy about. But he looked really really solid defensively this weekend. I thought and, and played third and second, like kind of hopped around the field, looked good everywhere he played, and I, I was just really impressed with his at bats, like. In his debut game, two walks, like he was hitting the ball hard and, and a couple of them were right at people, but hitting the ball hard, running out like infield singles, just the fact that his outs were loud and hard hit, he was drawing walks and his hits were, you know, on Sunday, especially or Saturday, rather, especially kind of like bad BP hits, but that that all around, like everything that I just mentioned, being a part of a player, like if you're taking advantage of, of you know, hustling and, and beating out those hits while also hitting the ball hard, and, and even though some of them are outs, plus drawing a lot of walks, like that's a, that's a solid ball player. So I think that the, I, I want to see him play as often as possible the remainder of the season. Like that's the same thing I say with Kerry Carpenter. I want him out there nearly every single day. Um, I, I want Ryan Kreidler out there as often as possible. Like, let's just let's just start playing these kids and, and let let the minor leaguers audition themselves for next year's team because that's what we're looking forward to at, at this point. There's nothing for a lot of these dudes uh, to, to, to be playing for in September. So let's get some people in the lineup every day who do have something to play for every day because they're playing for a job next year. That, for me... That would make September significantly more easy to watch. Way easier to watch for me personally. And I know some people, the ship has sailed and it's just like nothing can make me watch this team. And that's totally fine. Uh, you, I, I will never tell somebody how to be a fan. But for me personally, as someone who, regardless of what happens, is going to watch every single game the remainder of the season, uh, I would find it much more enjoyable for myself, <laughs> selfishly, if they just played the kids as much as possible. So we'll see what happens, but that's really it for the offense. Like nobody, like Harold had, had a decent weekend, but I mean, he's sadly been your best hitter this season. Um, Tucker Barnhart first hit as a Detroit tiger, first hit first Homer as a Detroit tiger. Um, very, very happy for him. I, I mean, like he got the monkey off his back. Like that's cool. But, I mean, golly, if you would have told me when we acquired him that he would not get hurt, play as often as you think he's going to play, be the 1A catcher for a majority of the season, but not hit his first home run for you until September, what, 3rd? Uh, all right, whatever. Okay, that's it for the offense. We're done. We're done talking about the offense. Let's talk about the pitching. 
And then we'll get into some of the roster moves. And like I said, what we're going to talk about, what to expect here in September. But first, I got to tell you all about our friends over at LinkedIn Talent Solutions. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find those people that you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questioning make it easier to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small business rates LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Well, now you do. Every week, that is. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MLB. That's linkedin.com slash MLB. Terms and conditions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome back. Segment two here of Locked On Tigers. I don't know if you're watching on YouTube that that was like one of the coldest sips of water I've ever taken in my life during the break there. And it like hit me like a truck. I was not expecting that to be that cold. Anyway, segment two, let's talk about the pitching from this weekend. Uh, for, I guess we can start with the bullpen and just like knock that out really quickly because there's not too much to talk about there. Um Andrew Chafin was really solid this weekend, Friday and Sunday, especially uh, was locked down as he usually is. Will Vest, I thought, had a pretty solid weekend. I thought on Friday that was the best that I have seen Will Vest look in a pretty long time. Uh, I was very, very impressed with how he looked on uh, on Friday. And we're going to save Gregory Soto for last, as we always do. Uh, the Saturday was obviously terrible. Jason Foley pitched on Saturday. Uh, one of his worst outings of the season, if not his worst. He, he was terrible. And, and this is a dude that I've gone to bat for and that I think could be a really legitimate. I mean, his ERA, even after giving up four runs in a third of an inning, is still only 3-3-8, right? Like, the dude has had a phenomenal season. He, he was sub-3 before this outing um and, and look his sinker has a lot of movement it didn't have that movement on saturday uh, he tried to go off the sinker didn't really work so that's really all there is to it if it's just a blip in the radar and he goes out and, and pitches the rest of september like he has july and august i'm not really gonna think too much of it just hopefully it's not a slippery slope type of thing jose cisnero another walk on saturday but two strikeouts and still a sub two era uh, everybody knows my opinion of Jose Cisnero. I think it's still not clicking really like it was last year. So we'll see what he does the remainder of the season. Uh, Cody Clemens has like a three, six ERA on the season. That's just beyond sad because it's in quite a few appearances. Yeah. I'm really tired of watching position players pitch, but, uh, comes the territory of a, a team this bad. Daniel Norris. On Saturday, two and two-thirds, just didn't have it. Look, his stuff, his has always been command. It's what it's always been with Norris. And um, 
definitely, you know, a fan favorite and everybody likes him. And, and I, I like him. He seems like a really cool guy and has obviously gone through a lot in his professional career and everything. Like he, he's a very, very honestly, like it's cool to see him back. Um, but he's still the same pitcher. Like really nothing's changed since we last saw him. He's still pretty decent stuff. Just really, really struggles with command, like to the point where uh, he's either missing way out of the zone and walking people or he's just hanging stuff over the heart of the plate. But when he's on, he still has that potential that was once viewed and uh, on him by scouts and everything back, you know, when he was in Toronto in the minors when we traded for him. So really a, a same story, different day situation with the Norris outing as well. Uh, let's just do Joe Jimenez on Sunday. Uh, kind of struggled with command. Really good the first two batters, then kind of lost it. But whatever. Uh, so let's just let's just get to Gregory Soto. So he pitches on Sunday. I don't have like a big long spiel or anything, uh, but like everybody pitched on Sunday. Will Vest, Alex Lang, Joe Jimenez, Andrew Chafin, Gregory Soto, Jason Foley. Um, so. I thought everybody was was pretty solid in this game. Alex Lang to got a couple of days off, came in, got an out. Sure, I mean we'll we'll take it. He needed a kind of a reset there. He's had a really rough last month and a half. Gregory Soto comes into the game in the eighth inning in a tie game rather than the ninth, and gives up a, an earned run, walks two batters. He walked two batters, which is obviously his fault. And I, I I don't like playing the whose fault is it the most game. I think that's really just childish and stupid. Like it's a stupid, pointless conversation. Who cares whose fault it is the most? It happened. And everybody immediately, anytime we lose a game in which Gregory Soto pitches in, he's like public enemy number one. And, and it's just Gregory Soto's the worst. And, and he's should like not... There's some people that like he shouldn't even be a major league pitcher. That's preposterous. That is ridiculous. He's not that bad. Um, it's just when he he's the guy that has gone to in the highest leverage situations. And so he's going to play the consequences when he struggles more and is under the spotlight more than anybody else. Clearly, his walk struggles lately are not good. And clearly, he is very much struggling. And he has a huge steps to go for me to be convinced that he's the closer of this team going forward. I'm not trying to be an apologist, but there is a middle ground here. People there, there is a middle ground in between. I think he should, he's the next or oldest Chapman and is the closer of this team for the next decade. And he's not a major league pitcher. And he very much falls somewhere close to right in the middle of those two things. Now I will also say Jamer Candelario has not been good this year. And that is a play that he should have had. Just straight up. There's no way around it. That is a play that Jamer Candelario should have made there in the eighth inning. And if he did, it would have prevented the run from scoring. Now, Jamer Candelario's... I just realized I took the whole segment to talk about the bullpen. I'm really sorry. We'll get to the starting pitchers after this. But um, Jamer is a conversation we're going to have either on a on an off day from here... To, to the end of the season or during the off season because I, after this weekend, I think this is the most convinced I have been that he is 
going to get straight up non-tendered. He has a year of control left, and I'm not even sure the Tigers are going to pick up that year of control. And on top of that, apart from what I think the organization is going to do, I, myself, after this weekend, have never been more okay with letting him go if I was in charge. He has provided nothing to this team this year. And it's sad because I thought he was going to have a great year. I thought a lot of people were going to have a great year. And I'm going to do an episode when the season ends. I'm going to do a whole show just about everything I was wrong about uh, because I think that that's important for for people that are in my position to to be okay with that but um i i he had a really good year last year he had a really solid year in 2020 in the shortened season and he has been dreadful defensively offensively just i mean he had a bad throw in this game he booted a ball it's it's just on sunday it's just it's really I, I don't I don't think he's he's long for the Tigers anymore. Which if you would have asked me in March that I'd be saying that before the season even ended in 2022, if I had time machine, I was like, hey man, the first week of September, you're gonna be like, get this dude off the team and and he's no longer part of the future plans. He's no longer even part of the 2023 plans. I think he's getting non-tendered. I wouldn't have even believed you, but I wouldn't have believed much of anything that anybody told me that was going to happen this season. This has been a very much worst case scenario Murphy's Law year. Okay, let's get into the starting pitchers, and then we will get into the roster moves that the Tigers have made uh, and kind of look ahead uh, at September and talk about what we could see from a day-to-day basis in there. So uh, we'll do that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. Uh, thank you for making us your first listen every day. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. So let's talk about the starting pitching. Uh, Drew Hutchinson. Drew Hutchinson, you know, he gave up three earned runs, was an out away from a quality start. Uh, not the most, not the greatest box score that that he's ever had. But I will say this, it's it's probably the best swing and miss stuff I've ever seen from him. Now, we have to remember that this is the Kansas City Royals, and this is not a very good offense either. And it's not historically bad, like your Detroit Tigers, but it's toward the bottom of baseball. Uh, I think it's like the Royals, A's, and the Tigers are all kind of uh, just in the bottom. Very, very seller uh, of, of offenses, but... Uh, I was I was very impressed, and and he his slider was was fantastic. It got hit hard a couple of times, but um, it, it was a very good swing and miss pitch. He had eight whiffs on the slider. Most Drew Hutchinson starts. We're talking about like in his whole outing having seven or eight whiffs. He had eight just on the slider and five on the changeup. He had fourteen whiffs as a whole. Very very impressed. CSW percentage of thirty two. Very solid outing. Average exit velocity under eighty five. Just a, a really, really solid Drew Hutchinson outing. And I'm going to get – I need a like a T-shirt that straight up says, you are never out of a Drew Hutchinson start. Because I feel like I've said it 80 million times this year, but he just keeps proving it to be true. Like, he's not going to get rocked. And his ERA is over four, 
But I'll be darned if every time he gets pulled, you are not in that ball game. You are he, he's not a guy that you sign to be a part of your rotation. He's a depth signing. He's probably going to get signed to a minor league deal next year by whoever it is, maybe even us again. But I'll be darned if you as a ball club are not in every single start that Drew Hutchinson takes the mound for. I continue to be really impressed with him. Kind of a little tiny little career resurgence there. He was an opening day starter at one point in his career. So uh, super cool and, and very honestly thankful for Drew Hodginson because uh, this is a team that has desperately needed innings and needed productive innings. And he has certainly stepped up and, and taken that bull by the horns and really uh, done some great work with it. So uh, shout out, shout out Drew Hutchinson. Definitely. I think I'm going to do a letter grade for like every player on the roster when the season ends as well. And uh, I'll tell you right now, I don't see a reality in which Drew Hutchinson is not getting an A. So one of the few A's that will probably be given out. Um, then we have Michael Pineda. Uh, there's not really too much to say on the Michael Pineda thing. Honestly, I think I don't want to say anything at all because when we do the roster moves at the end of the show here, uh, we're going to talk about Pineda again because he was DFA'd. So, uh, yeah, not a good performance. He had absolutely rocked. Uh, really, he's been rocked every start since like July, it feels like. Um, yeah, at the beginning of the year, he, he put together some decent outings, but really just a guy who's going to pound the strike zone and his stuff has always been good enough where he's not going to walk anybody. He's going to fill up the zone. You're going to hit a lot of balls, but uh, if most of them are ground balls or whatnot, he can give you some productive innings. Just didn't have it this year. Injury bug uh, mixed with his stuff declining to a point where filling the zone is no longer inducing weak contact and ground balls. It's just inducing tanks. So not great. And uh, yeah, started a game in which we won 10, lost by 10 runs, gave up 12. So not very good. And he is, uh, that was his last outing as a Detroit Tiger. So Matt Manning on Sunday, four innings, five hits, two earned runs, three walks, and three strikeouts. Uh, so here's the thing. This was not a very good outing by Manning. And this is a couple outings in a row that have not been good because we can't have anything. We can't have anything nice. So we cannot even have somebody like that was the one thing we were like, oh, but Look at healthy Matt Manny. He's been really good since coming back from his injury. Now his ERA is up at 3.86. He's another bad out outing away from an ERA over four. And, uh, yeah, I, I, like we, we just can't have anything nice for an extended period of time. That's just how the season has gone. Look, at, I mean, in this one, he just didn't have swing and miss stuff. And, honestly, the, the slider just wasn't there again. That's back-to-back -back outings. The pitch that three outings ago – I said was was a really effective pitch and one of the best that I have seen out of him and one of the best some of the best stuff I've seen out of him. Gee, I don't know why it took me so many tries to get get out there, but um, I, I was just he didn't have it. I was just not impressed. He, he didn't have the slider in this one. Um, two whiffs on it, eight whiffs as a whole on ninety pitches, ninety pitches in four innings three walks, three Ks, like he, he didn't have command of anything. He didn't have command of the fastball. And Matt Manning's definitely a pitcher, especially with very heavy, like two pitch mix. 
right? Like the changeup and curveball are kind of like secondary secondaries. Like it's it's very much a 1A, 1B, and he needs to develop that, and that'll be what this offseason is probably dedicated to because he needs to develop a third pitch, but um, a consistent third pitch, I should say. But just uh, no no fastball command, which is where most of his outings start and, and finish, and uh, uh, the slider didn't have bite on it for the second outing in a row. He tried to do like the cutter thing that, that I thought worked really well three outings ago where the slider was more of a cutter. It didn't work. Uh, then he tried to make it a traditional slider. Didn't really work. 17% CSW percentage on the outing as a whole. Really, really rough stuff. Um, Cause strikes plus whiffs. So just didn't have it. No command. The stuff wasn't there. Um, the, the velocity was down across the board as well, which is something that has been a really inconsistent frustration with Matt Manning literally since his debut, like his first inning of his first major league game. We were like, hey, that's not really what we thought the velocity would be at. Uh, and it's been all over the place. He touches 98 sometimes. He goes down and is consistently at like 90 sometimes. Uh, it's it's all over the place and definitely something he's got to work on as well. But um, got hit pretty hard when he was getting hit and also was missing the zone and going deep into counts with pretty much every batter he faced in four innings. Just didn't have the command. So uh, back on the horse next time, I guess. But uh, that's that's pretty much all I got for you for pitching. Uh Let's talk about the roster move. So we talked about Ryan Kreider made his debut. That's super cool. We talked about that at the end of last week. Miguel Cabrera goes to the 10-day IL. Um, uh, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll kind of we'll see what the what the future holds here with him. But for the time being, he is back on the IL. Uh, it sounds like he, he wants to play next year, and I'm not going to sit here and, and, and speculate anything. You know, whatever happens is going to end up happening, and I'm sure more will come out during the offseason and such. But, um, you know, just has not really been playing too much as is the last month and now is hurt. So here we are. Uh, Lester, Josh Lester called up. Super cool story. Josh Lester is a guy that has been kind of a staple at first base for the Erie Seawolves and Toledo Mudhens for a few years now. And it's just super cool to see dudes like that get their opportunity. Like J- Josh Lester has has really done nothing but hit. I, I mean, not, you know, if he had a thousand OPS, he would have been up years ago. But now he's, what, 27, 28 years old. And he's just kind of been that that career minor leaguer. And he, he's been starting caliber. And, and he, again, he's been... Uh, a pretty decent hitter in the minor leagues, but uh, yeah, he just turned 28 in July, but it's just been one of those things where he he hasn't been good. You know what I mean? Like I said, he hasn't been a a, a thousand or 900 OPS guys career OPS in the minor leagues is 767. Um, But always a guy that is believed to have some pretty decent home run power, uh, in 2018, he had 21 home runs. In 2019, he had 19 home runs. Last year, he had 32 home runs. And this year, he has 25 home runs. So he has, uh, well, he was one homer away from a 20 home run season in 2019. But since 2018, his home run totals by year, and this is all in either AA Erie or AAA Toledo, are uh, 21, 19, 32 25 so 
get some pop in here. Yeah, we we have no home run power at all. Our, our home run leader on the season has twelve. Let let's let's do it. So uh, I don't know how if it's usually long for the major league roster. I don't know if this means anything as far as implications for what's going to happen to him next year. Uh, but very, very, that's still a cool moment, regardless of his future with the team. Um, even if it's not likely for him to stick around too terribly long. And for at least the 10 days that Miguel Cabrera will be on the IL, Josh Lester will be a Detroit Tiger. So uh, hopefully he gets some at-bats in there and, and stuff. So, so we'll see. And then Michael Pineda was the big one right after the game on Sunday. Michael Pineda was DFA'd. AJ Hinge pretty much just cited the fact the same thing he did with Willie Peralta. He really just cited the the fact that uh, they they want to give some young kids an opportunity, and that's what September's for when you're out of it. So I'm all for it. Uh, start DFAing people, like seriously, like if you've already made up your mind. I know that we don't have a GM yet, so like that's kind of difficult to make that brash of a decision. But if you're convinced that Jamer Candelario is getting non-tendered, don't keep him on the roster. Let Ryan Kreider start every day at third base. Like let let's let let's let's do give Torkelson reps at third. I don't care. Like let let's just start playing people that are that actually have a chance to be part of this team going forward. I, I'm so tired of the, the last six years. We officially clinched six straight years of of sub 500 record. By the way, uh, with our 82nd loss on Saturday, I, I'm just so tired of this team being so bad to where September is just like the entire second and a half of the season really is just like irrelevant. And, it, and it's just, oh yeah, well, these guys will all come back next next year and yet they all like aren't doing well and aren't productive at all this year either. So let's just keep rolling out the same thing and, and like give me something. And that's what I want to see in September. I, I just want to see the kids play. I want to see Kreidler as often as possible. I want to see Kerry Carpenter as often as possible. I want Torkelson at first base nearly every single day. I want Riley Green in center field every day. Uh, give Lester some some reps in whatever corner outfield DH. I don't care. Like, let's just start auditioning people for next season because clearly the people that we hear this year didn't get the job done. So I think some other players deserve a chance to audition for those spots because if you just keep everybody, that that's that's definition of insanity. All right, six years into this, let's get some fresh faces in here. All right, thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022, an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team of experts on the Lockdown Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from the from Lee Sterling of Lockdown Bets, all combining into one Ultimate NFL Preview. Search your alt, search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on the Odyssey app, YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, that's all I got for you. I'm way over time as usual on Monday shows. We're into September, last month of the season. Uh, Like I said, September will be significantly more enjoyable for me. I'm done caring about win-losses. I'm over it. I'm, I'm none to it. We're six years into this thing. My expectations for the season went out the window months ago. Um, I'm, I'm over that. So let's just look at individual performances, look at some people that are auditioning for spots next year, and uh, 
that'll be the analysis. And let, let's let's you know finish strong and all that. I want to win games. I've always wanted to win games. I'm tired of tanking. I think it's stupid in baseball. But at this point, I'm really just looking for uh, for who's going to be playing every day and how, how the kids do. So peace and love. Going to therapy is dope, and I will catch you all tomorrow. Go Tigers, baby.